Finally, there is a great tradition of warnings in presidential farewells. And I've got one that's been on my mind for some time. Let's start with some basics. More attention to American history and a greater emphasis on the Spy Goodman Show. Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy, he calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings. I am Spud Goodman. Yes! And you're now listening to a show named er, named after me. Yeah, yeah, I was the one who made that call. But it only made sense. It's, it's my freaking show, so let's get this thing started. With me is our designated laugher, Gina. Give us a quick sample of your skill set. You know, maybe a chortle. <laughs> All right, well done. Yeah, and uh, we also have our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb, you're up, all right? Now give us something, anything to verify your presence here in the studio. Very well. How about I recite my mission statement? You know, the one I wrote about my position on the show? It's pretty impressive if I do say so myself. No, 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 no. Keep your mission statement to yourself. Oh. Okay, I mean, by opening your mouth, you have, in fact, verified that you are here with us. So let's move on. Listen, if you must, but I'm pretty sure our listeners would have very much enjoyed hearing what I feel is a very impressive mission statement. I'm by winning. I win here and I win there. Now what? You know, no, I think the listeners uh, get this, and I know them a whole lot better than you. No. They, they don't have time in their busy lives to waste listening to that garbage. You know, they have, like, Pokemon Go and other stuff, you know, like, I don't know, clipping their toenails. It's important stuff to do. Okay, you got that? All right, all right. Jeez. Maybe another time, but I got to tell you, this just confirms what I, and I'm sure a number of others who know you, feel. Spud, you have almost no ability to process subjects of depth. It's like you possess an infant's attention span. People can't figure me out. They can't process me. I don't expect them to. You can't process me with a normal brain. You know, for someone your age, it's incredible. You've never really progressed beyond what you are blessed with at birth. I can't be the only person who's brought up this subject, huh? Well, you know, yeah, a few women in my life, you know, you know, may have touched on this, but so what? Well, that and your obvious inability to act your age in your lifestyle creates an image that begs for an intervention. Oh. Now, listen, man. I know we can't do it live on the no, air, no, but no, man. I, I've always... No, I've had to sit through so many family interventions 
conventions over the years. I've lost count. They're a total joke, and I don't want to sound like Trump here, but I am who I am, all right? Let Spud be Spud. Yeah, but this inability to act your age has limited your potential in both your professional and your personal life. Spud, what grown man still enjoys using crayons and a coloring book? I've seen you on many occasions lose yourself in that activity, and it's unsettling. Yeah, yeah, but have you seen some of my work with the coloring books? Uh, I would say 80% minimum, I keep it within the lines of the drawing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just, I don't know, it's just very soothing for me, you know, after a tough interview with a you know big-time celebrity. Yeah, yeah, listen, Spud, both my wife Rachel and I are concerned that someone in your age bracket that can't move beyond juvenile activities is, well... Now, we're not saying you're mentally challenged, no. Hey, but tell your wife, even if I was a little challenged, yeah. what's the big deal? I, I've done pretty darn well in my life to this point. If you know how I feel, why would you say that? But listen, if you got the proper treatment, counseling, and medication, who knows where you could be right now? Possibly you'd be on Sirius or iHeartRadio. Hey, choke me to death if I ever, ever am associated with iHeartRadio. Serious, though, would be cool. Well, listen, a good start on seeing that dream happen would be for you to start displaying age-appropriate behavior both on the air and in your daily life. Maybe you could start by dressing like a grown-up. You're still wearing the same clothes you wore like 20 years ago. Now, now why would I want to do that? I mean, look at you, Mr. DEA agent, you know, in a suit and a tie. Yeah, what? You walk into the studio with musicians around and they, and they start running away like they've seen a werewolf. You have no idea how many bands have asked me about you afterwards. Me? When you leave, yeah. What, what would they be concerned about with me? Well, let's start with the Justice Department's decision to keep pot in the same category as heroin. Who wants to do a five-year stretch in a federal prison? That is messed up, yo. Yeah, but as, as co-host of this show and in my real job away from here as lead salesman at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. I have no authority to arrest anyone, so this profiling of me, it's, it's got to stop. I know, but, you know, I know, I'm well aware you don't have a badge or cuffs, okay? I do not. But sometimes when I look over at you while I'm doing the show, even I start to get a little paranoid. I don't know. I mean, look, look at yourself. Yeah? Look what happens when one dresses too much like an adult. I, I, I rest I look, my case. I look nice. I rest my case. All right, uh, and give that, some, give that some thought. I want to bring on our musical guest right now. I'm very excited about this. Uh, I'm going to be speaking with him a little later in the show, but uh, right now, let's, let's just bring him on. Please greet a very, very cool band, Juliet Tango. Break the life before you met me. Put my coast on, baby, till the darkness comes. Put my coast on, baby, until the darkness comes. Tell me what you want, tell me what you need. Tell me if there's anything I can do Help you see, help you breed Help me believe your dreams could come true Mother, the tragedy Mother, the tragedy, baby 
until the darkness comes. You are listening to the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, this is TJ Miller from uh, the hit HBO show Silicon Valley and the major motion picture Yogi Bear 3D. And uh, hopefully soon the Goreburger Show on HBO. So, uh, uh, you know, enjoy, enjoy your day. Enjoy Spud. And uh, if you hear that in the background, it's Dutch. I'm in Belgium. Hey, uh, Spud, your first guest, Billy Bob Thornton, is holding for you. All right. I, I believe his bandmate, J.D. Andrews, also on the line. All right. You know, in Hollywood, they must do conference calls all the time, huh? I don't know if talking to two guys qualifies as a conference call. Well. I'm not going to interview the, the village people here. Then that's important. Well, I wanted to mention, I did hear yesterday from an intern who will not be named that Billy Bob was scheduled to be on the show, so I Googled him, and right. listen, could I suggest you tread carefully when you're asking him about some Look, of his... B- Billy Bob is not going to yell at me, okay? I- I'm not some doofus who's going to ask a stupid question and annoy him. Really? You had me at hello. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, yeah, I'm a fan of his band. Um, I like them a lot. The Boxmasters, they're tight. And I've actually been listening to their new album. Uh, JD, uh, who is, you know, he's the, uh, the, actually the producer oh. in the band. He, he, he did the record. He's big time. He's won awards, all right? Okay. So I'll be just fine. Put them on. All right, all right. Here they are. All right. Please say hello to Billy Bob Thornton and JD Andrew of the Boxmasters. Gentlemen, welcome to our show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. So your band, the Boxmasters, have a new double album out released on NDR Records titled Boys and Girls and the World. And the band's now out on tour in America and Canada. We're based in the Seattle Tacoma area, but, you know, we're aired on stations around the country, so people need to be on the lookout for you guys coming to town. Yeah, we're kind of all over. Yeah, we're in the, we're in the Midwest and the South, Texas, and then uh, up through Western Canada and then back down the West Coast. And we're excited to play up there because uh, we haven't played in Washington uh, as the Boxmasters, I don't think, except in Spokane. We played in Spokane years ago. But, oh. uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting, you know, to come to a new place. So, right, yeah. right. Well, you know, I don't want to sound like a kiss-ass host here, you know, but I really dig the first cut off the record, uh, Wait Until You See. Hopefully it's going to get some decent airplay. There are other great songs on it, too, but that was just my favorite. It kind of has that classic Timeless vibe. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of our favorite tunes on there also, and uh, we do we do play that live. Uh, we've got about four, song, four or five songs off the new record that we do uh, 
and that's one of them. All right, super. Well, let me start with you, JD. Uh, you're a longtime sound engineer, a Grammy award-winning, you know, you, outside of your work with the band. So does that position require a buttload of patience with artists in the studio? Because you've worked on projects with, among <laughs> others, Kanye West and the Rolling Stones. you got to be a bit of a politician, right, sometimes? Well, for the most part, you have to be invisible. And, uh, yeah, you do have to be patient. And, you know, for the most part, you just stay out of the way. You know, you let people create... And, uh, you know, unless it's asked of you, you don't, you know, try to inject yourself into the, the situation too much. But, uh, you know, the great thing about, you know, our band, for me, is that I do get to, you know, make a, you know, sonic kind of palette for whatever we're working on. And uh, you also, at the same time, we don't need an engineer. We don't need other producers. You know, we do what we feel like recording we make it sound how we want to and uh you know we just get to uh you know make music you know kind of as much as we want and and are able to and uh you know just make music that's what we love to do we love to be in the studio we love to record and then at the same time you know when we can get out and play the music for everyone right so we're looking right. forward to uh, this tour well I, I guess the downside of that there's no one else to blame though too right if you don't subcontract it out but yeah that's good <laughs> yeah you know people don't people don't buy records these days anyway so uh, you know we just uh, we make it for ourselves we make what we want and uh, you know if our uh fans enjoy what we're doing then you know that's good enough for us alright uh, yeah well, by the way uh, I still buy records but anyway well Billy Bob uh, for, for, <laughs> you know from what I've read music is your first love over film work is that an accurate statement um, well I, yeah, I, I became an actor later in life uh, I was uh, just a, in a band and uh, so I'm a musician who became an actor and, right. uh, uh, you know, and that's the movie world's been uh, been good to me. So uh, I sure can't knock it. It's uh, it's been pretty terrific. So I I love both of them equally. Okay. All right. Well, you know, it just seems to me actors who are also performing touring musicians, there are sometimes perceptions, mostly by the critics, to overcome. I kicked this around with Jeff Daniels and Kevin Bacon on this show. It seems like the bar set a bit higher, like more of a prove it kind of deal. That must get annoying at times. I, I just that would that's my take. But uh, we don't. People don't really talk about it much with me anymore. Uh, they used to years ago, but over the years, we've made so many records and toured so much. And, right. You know, we also don't we don't make uh, what you call popular music. You know, uh, if we were trying to, you know, get a hit or whatever it is and make money from it or just be popular for music, we, we would make a different kind of music. We make uh, music that's maybe not as uh, uh, widespread as it once was. Uh, we're a rock and roll band, and uh, so yeah, we don't we don't get that so much anymore. Every now and then somebody brings it up, but uh, yeah, I'm sorry, like I kind of just did. Sorry, sorry about that. But <laughs> 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 all right, well, hey, hey, JD, the Boxmasters are now you know not just a short term project as as you know obviously. So you guys have already outlived most bands by many dog years. What's the more What's the most important factor in keeping a band together over the years? Well, probably the most important thing about, uh, you know, staying together 
is that you know we are friends and we are fans of what each other do and uh you know like billy and his drumming and singing and lyric writing you know i'm i'm a huge fan he's you know one of my favorite people to listen to same with petty you know and, and you know our uh, all the other people that we bring in to play with it's you know we're we're fans of each other and you know we just enjoy what what each other's what each one of us bring to the table and you know the songs that we write are you know the songs that i dreamed of kind of making when i was a kid you know and listening to stuff so you know that's the the greatest part is that i just you know I'm a fan of what we do as a band. Spud, uh, yes? Well, if I may interject here, I would like to say I, too, am such a big fan of yours. Okay. And it's, it's a big factor in why this show works so well. Now, I'll admit, I never listened before I started working here, so I'm somewhat of a new Spud Goodman fan, but now I'm on board with that train for sure. You are the show's temporary co-host. Of yeah. course you're on that train. What choice do you have? Uh, well, it's temporary, permanent co-host, and I'm just saying that, like JD said, being fans of each other really contributes to the longevity of a band, or, in this case, a radio show. I don't think liking your co-workers is a necessity for success in the entertainment industry. I mean, look at Oasis, Guns N' Roses, and, oh yeah, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. But Spud, I believe those bands, and of course Martin and Lewis, all broke up because they couldn't stand each other. Yeah, but while they were together, they did some great stuff. I'm not saying we're doing great stuff, you know, you and I, but at least it's adequate, you know, barely. Oh, well, thank you, I guess. So just let me get back to Billy Bob and JD. I don't want them to fall asleep or something, all right? Okay, I have returned. I couldn't hear you, I'm sorry. My apologies, guys. Okay. Um, Hey, Billy Bob, Bad Santa 2 is coming out this holiday season, so there's going to be at least one Christmas movie I will be able to stomach. Are you surprised how popular your character Willie became? He's a Yuletide institution. Yeah, it's funny. That, that movie has become iconic, you know. And, yes. Uh, a lot of people will watch uh, It's a Wonderful Life and, and then Bad Santa. So it's... Uh, it's kind of the flip side of the coin for a lot of other, you know, a lot of people, and uh, it's. Uh, I think people who kind of are tired of the commercialism of uh, all of our holidays kind of yes. you know, dig that movie, and uh, yeah, we're excited about it. It's. Uh, it's. Uh, actually, this one's a little bit more emotional, and uh, but also the funny, darker stuff is. Uh, we pushed that a little bit, too, so uh, got a little bit more of all of it. Thank God. All right, super. All right, well, I know you guys got to go. You got stuff to do. So let me remind everyone, uh, again, that the Boxmasters have a new record out titled Boys and Girls and the World, now available everywhere, and are currently on tour of North America. Hey, I really want to thank you guys for checking in with me, okay? Well, thank well, you. For having, thank you for having us on, man. All right, there you have it. Billy Bob Thornton and J.D. Bye -bye. Andrew. All right, later, thanks. That music makes you feel downright patriotic, doesn't it? 
Now's the time for it, because in the next few days, you'll be asked, allowed, to go to the polls and cast your vote for the people who will administer the tax money you and I pay, and pay, and pay. Oh, brother, here we go on the politics stuff. But we're not going into the difference between Republicans and Democrats, Vietnam, or racial issues. Well, I don't know anything. You're not alone, and that's part of the problem. But there's something to say for experience. The right kind of experience. Interested citizens are brushed off, brushed off, brushed 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 off he's doing a great job yes we're really proud of tom 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 thomas and the way he has upgraded the sheriff's department what has he done well he got a new phone service put into the courthouse oh brother he has also updated the copy machine procedure he has also updated the coffee machine coffee machine coffee machine coffee machine coffee machine brother machine coffee machine he has just worked quietly and efficiently and has got the coffee done from the courthouse when did that take him two years no did that take him two years Yes. Yeah, but I'm a Democrat. What it really boils down to is they spend their money playing you for a dummy. Oh, brother. If we don't elect him, we'll have to hire someone like him. Well, how can I tell that? You can have lower taxes if you vote Democrat. The Republican candidates are extremely well educated. The Republican candidates can read. Well, I've been in the courthouse. They're hard, if not impossible, to improve. Oh, brother, do you guarantee they're qualified? Yes, we do. One of the most capable and efficient people you could possibly find. Well, you said two Republicans were elected. Vote Democrat. Republican, right? You bet. Vote Democrat. Oh, brother, here we go on the politics stuff. You bet. You bet. You bet. Oh, brother. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. Spud, you don't let me, let me in tears. Spud, you don't let me for drinking my beers. He takes the spatula and puts it in the pan. And why he done that, I just don't understand. He grabs some pencil to quick relief. His indigestion is beyond belief. Spot Goodman! Spot Goodman! Spot Goodman Show! We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, Spud? Yeah? yeah? Your cousin Samuel is holding on the on the line. He says he wants to say something to you on the air. You, you want me to get rid of him? Yeah, we can't keep doing that week after week. Man, I still have to go to family functions during the holidays. Just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, now, he, he's a transgendered, or, or, or transgender, right? Uh, well, I, I mean, I've seen clips of your old TV show, and he's always quite elegant in a nice skirt and blouse. Yeah, he has great taste. But and the thing is, he isn't transgender. Oh. He, he's just a regular guy who prefers a different wardrobe than most dudes. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's impacted, you know, installed his career, you know, as a TV weatherman. Yeah, it's obvious. You know, but different strokes. Just, let's just put him on. Bud, am I there? on the air? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, heard you, are. you talk about your difficulty acting your agent. thought I would... I'll offer my take, if I may, as we are cousins. Well, maybe we could talk about it. We really need to forget about what society feels someone, well, frankly, your age should act like. Just who are they to tell Spud Goodman what to do, say, and dress like? Well, you know, in my business, you really don't want to weird everyone out by the way you look or, or talk. I mean, I try to keep my totallys and awesomes to a minimum each show. 
don't know if you can sense that, but I'm doing pretty good, I think. Uh, but anyway, Samuel, I gotta say, in this, in regards to this whole thing, you're on the other side of the equation. I mean, you've acted like a grown-ass man since like, what, eight or nine when we were little. Um, well, when you know at an early age what you want to do with your life, bud, you are forced to do things that will help you meet your career goals. As I've always wanted to be, well, as you know, a TV weatherman. Right, right. I yes, knew early on, if I was going to pull it off, I would need the proper equipment. That's right. why I was so frugal when we were kids. I yeah. started saving even then for my first Doppler radar system. You know my paper route and all those lawns I mowed. Right, but, you know, you know, when we were... I don't know, and all of us got together in the neighborhood, and we were always, like, blowing things up and perusing dirty magazines. You were always working, working, working. And I, and I know you you got to be bummed now that you never got that TV weather gig. I mean, I Well, I, I know. it's not over yet, Spud. The struggle continues. Back huh? to get at least a weekend gig at one of the local yeah, affiliates. I don't know. I just need to maybe lose, well, um, a few pounds before you I think? do a new audition weather forecast. Yeah. Okay, anyway, well, I got to go. Uh, I'm, we're, we're running late here, so uh, good luck with it, all right? And I'll call you on the weekend, all right? Bye. Wow. Hey, uh, Spud, I I know this is a sensitive subject for you, but I don't think you have ever said on the air how old you are. You know, my wife, Rachel, and I, we've ventured to guess a few times to our friends, but there's no clear consensus. Well, you know, for my days in TV, I've always made it a practice to keep that, you know, maybe one or two other personal topics, a private matter. Oh. All right. I still have a few audition tapes out there with a couple TV outlets, so no way I'm going to give those suits, you know, any more of a reason to toss my, you know, tapes into the dumpster. Hmm. It, it's The TV thing is so biased against anyone over, like, 38. So I'm going to take the fifth on that one. Well, yeah, but there are laws protecting you against age discrimination. It's jack what you're saying. Yeah, well, if and when I totally throw in the towel as far as trying to get back on TV, you know, then I'd have no problem sharing that piece of information. You know, if if I was reconciled to do only radio for the rest of my career, it wouldn't matter whatsoever. Seriously. I mean, Vince Scully with the Dodgers is still on the air at like 89 and he rules. Well, if you were being honest with yourself, you would maybe grasp the fact that if there was a possible route back to television for you, yeah. it would have happened by now. You yeah. stupid ignorance, dumb. Yeah, how many years since your cable TV show was canceled? Okay, a long time ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. I get it, but many others have somehow resurrected their careers. You know, after being away from the camera for a while, I mean, it's still possible. If you say so, but I do. Let's, I just said let's it. just assess your current age as not young, okay? I put that in quotations. But listen, accepting that would be your first step in finally acting your age, and with that, you would be adjusting, say, the choices you make in your life, like the movies and TV shows you seem to enjoy. They're clearly marketed at those who could be your son or daughter's age. That's so hot. Spud, don't you still watch MTV? Well, really only Teen Wolf, you know, nowadays. Oh. I quit watching Teen Mom the last season because it got kind of boring. Well, and, and don't you feel that those shows are somewhat out of your age group? Um... You know, I never really thought about it before. Hell no, 
you haven't. And Spud, aren't you on that Snapchat all day long lately? I mean, you do know that app is directed at 14 to 19 year olds, right? It's just not normal that a grown man would be utilizing a social media product designed for kids. Well, I, I just thought it was made for, you know, adults by some ex-CIA or NSA type, you know, for when they, you know, have some nasty stuff going on on the side that best be left there. I don't it's think It's the so. perfect secret agent Ashley Madison user app. Yeah, yeah and, and for all those Kardashians too, right? I, I guess in don't even get started on those. In their case, it's best that their content does disappear in the blink of an eye. But the point I'm trying to make here is you need to transition to adulthood. Well, transitioning is a very personal decision. Um, and you can just stop trying to shame me into an older demographic. Well, not- I will make more mature decisions when it feels right. And right now, I'm very comfortable with my you know, choices. Um, I think it'd be actually... So are you done with this now? Well, as someone who cares for you, I would say that failing to accept your mortality can only continue to cause you to make inappropriate lifestyle choices, and that has to be at the core of this. You know, being paralyzed by someday dying can be the only explanation for the way you behave, and there are a number of books out there that can help you with this. Don't don't try to go all highbrow on me, all right? I mean, I only read magazines. Everyone knows that, so that's out of the question. Heads are spinning. So let's just see if our next guest is ready to go, okay? Please. Oh, uh, yeah, and the yeah, they're telling me on the board your next guest, Kevin Pollock, is waiting to speak with you. All right, super. Y- you know, Spud, he's a pretty big star. I mean, he I was know. in a few Good Men. Yeah, it's in tons of movies. Yeah, I'm aware of his career. Um, I don't know. I mean, but he is a comedian. You do know this, right? Besides being a massive, uh, you know, movie star, he's a comedian. I think he's coming to town for a stand-up gig. Well, you know, I guess when you get to his level, you can do whatever you want. Tom Brady loves me. And- Yeah, you know, certainly more than just sit here like us and crank out another damn episode of a radio show, that's for sure. He's diversified. Well, there's nothing to be ashamed of, of just being on the radio. I know, but if I could be half as versatile as as this guy, it would be so cool. I mean, he directs movies too. Did I say that? I mean, I I ask famous people dumb questions. Not exactly a path to greatness. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Listen, don't be so hard on yourself. You do the best you can with, well, what gifts you were blessed with. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, just, just put Kevin on. Yeah, here he is. Please welcome actor, comedian, and director Kevin Pollack. How you doing? I'm doing great today. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm not doing bad. Not, not too bad. Um, so you're going to be performing at the Parlor Live Comedy Club in Bellevue, Washington tonight with one show and tomorrow and Friday with two shows at 7.30 and 10 p.m. That is correct. Yes, I'm, I'm so far so good. All right. So let me ask you this. As, you know, with a very, very full career, you continue to perform, you know, as a stand-up comedian touring the country. After all these years, do you still get the same rewards doing stand-up? You must because it's kind of a grind, right? Um, it's not that much of a grind. I, it never really has been in the sense of uh, the job of being a stand-up comedian just because I've... I've Stayed away from long-running, extensive touring, but rather doing sporadic dates for the last 30 years, really. So it's never been uh, anything but a joy, which is sort of my uh, reason for continuing to do it. Where the the acting and now the writing and directing is is, uh, producing is taking me, there will never be a high and uh, a thrill like being on stage live in front of an audience taking them for a ride of my choosing for an hour and yeah you can't beat that in any way shape or form 
All right. Well, you know, you are a world-class impressionist. I mean, you do, you know, obviously among many, many others, you do a killer De Niro, Nicholson, Pacino, but you can, you can also toss out a Keanu Reeves. But, but I would pay money just to hear you do Albert Brooks. Could you just say two words or three words, actually, the nest egg as Albert? You need three words, really? Well, here's the only words people know the voice by now. Nemo! Nemo! Unbelievable. I owe you. I owe you, man. Thank you so much for that. Say, Spud. Yes? Could you ask Kevin if he could do a few seconds of Larry King? My wife and I, oh, we're still such fans of Larry. No, I already hit him up to do Albert Brooks, and I felt cheesy enough. I'm not going to ask him to do an impression of Larry King, for God's sakes. Uh, are you not a fan of Larry's? Well, what is the question? Well, you know, I, I guess I like him okay. I, I, I sort of dug his suspenders. Well, Larry King was, in my opinion, the best talk show host of all time. No one can touch Larry. Well... I beg to differ, you know, because some of his fellow talk show hosts might even be thought of as better than him if we were on all the freaking time like him. That dude had a radio show, his talk show on CNN, and all those freaking Larry King specials, too. He was in your face 24-7. You know, I sense a bit of professional jealousy on your parts, bud. (laughs) Just let me get back to Kevin, okay? Hey, I'm back. So sorry about that. Okay. Um, so, but how annoying is it when people bug you to do someone, like when you're in line at Safeway or maybe on a radio talk show, you know, that kind of stuff, does it get on your nerves? Just now. That's the only time it's really been a problem. All right, that's kind of what I thought, but all right, super. Um, well, let's talk about your acting career and, and, and the directing career we'll get into in just a sec, but, um, can I ask you about, you know, one of my top five films of all time? Uh, it's yeah, I had to ask the usual suspects now you played you know Hockney uh, and with that movie a person needed to take notes to keep things straight so did you know all along it was Kaiser Souza I mean did they shoot a bunch of endings so the cast would be clueless until the premiere well we you know I've I've been asked this question before so um, I, I love that people are still fascinated by this film that we made 20 years ago I know I know you know it was yeah, yeah, no, it, and it's true worldwide. It's it's one of the few films I've done that has had an exceptional worldwide appeal. And it, to us, it was just the best script any of us have ever read since and before. Uh, it did go. The screenplay did go on to win the Academy Award, so we weren't idiots for loving it. Um, but in the screenplay, it's, it's in black and white, literally. Who uh, Kaiser Soze is? I, I'm not at liberty to tell you now. But it was in the screenplay. Well, is is being a director a lot like being president, but with you know a much shorter term? You have all these aides hanging around you, ready to assist and serve. You may not have the nuclear codes, but you can stop a movie if you felt like going to the mall or something. It's, absolute power is pretty cool, huh? Now your analogy is, is pretty great, um, and also wildly well timed uh, here in this political season. However, the closest I've come to uh, directing actually is a stand-up comedian. You know, because when we go on stage, we're the writer, editor, the choreographer, the director, and the performer. We're sort of in charge of the entire ride, and I never felt that sense as an actor. I've always been a gun for hire. Right, right. 
Well, in 2012, you had a podcast called Talk and Walkin', where you were in character as Christopher Walken, and for an hour, you know, chatted with a guest in character. It destroyed top five on iTunes. Great call on Walken. I mean, you could have gone with like Scott Bayo or something, but you know, I'm just saying that that is an amazing concept. How'd you come up with that? Well, I, I've been doing um, a live streaming video and audio podcast uh, called K- Kevin Pollock's Chat Show. We, we still do it. The great Brett Gelman will be my guest this Sunday. Oh, cool. Um, that's on, yeah, that's on iTunes and Airwolf. Um, uh, they've been doing that for about seven and a half years, and I was pretty well into that run that when I got the notion of, of doing the talk and walking, which is just me and a friend over at the house, different friend each time, and I'm I'm rambling as Christopher Walken and we're in conversation, but we make no reference to me or Christopher Walken. It's just two people talking about the minutiae of life, sort of like my dinner with Andre. Oh, yeah. Only Andre, only Andre inexplicably is Christopher Walken. And the reason for it was really that, as people will see if they uh, come to the show uh, this weekend, there's a sweet plug for yes. their life. Yes. Um, my, fa- my favorite part of doing Christopher Walken, or any impression, is that to make them conversational. You know, Christopher Walken has become the Nicholson of this decade in terms of what Nicholson was to people in the 90s. Everyone was doing an impression of him. So right. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of horrible Christopher Walken impressions is, is, is the problem. And people trying too hard and leaning into it too hard. Um, and to me, what makes them great is just the conversational aspect of hearing their voice relaxed and, and talking about nothing. So, and, and we'll put this to the test right now. You can ask me any question. I'll answer as Christopher Walken. But just keep in mind that all of his thoughts are completely disconnected. Go ahead. Okay, you know, Christopher, what do you really do, I mean, when you're away from the industry? I mean, when you're sitting home on the couch, you know, I'm just kind of curious, what kind of, like, TV would Christopher Walken be into if you're, if you're you know, you're vegging out? Well, I tell you the truth, I I enjoy the um, there's a couple of networks out there that do wives with knives and um, you know disgruntled marriages and and relationships and what have you. People people are angry out there at their mates and whatnot. That makes me laugh. I enjoy that sort of drama, sort of dramedy, I guess. All right, super. I'm going to wrap this thing up by reminding everyone that you will be performing at the Parlor Live Comedy Club in Bellevue, Washington tonight and with Friday and Saturday with two shows at 7.30 and 10 p.m. They also need to be looking out for the late bloomer coming to a theater near them soon. Hey, man, uh, Kevin, I really want to thank you so much for calling into our show. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, absolutely, Mr. Kevin Pollack. For a genuine musical treat, Tune in to the Spud Goodman Show, radio's famous program that takes you on a magic carpet of melody to a world of beauty. All right, it's musical guest interview time. Uh, Please greet our musical guest, Juliet Tango. Uh, Welcome, so please identify yourselves and the instruments you will be playing. I'm Joe Ty. I play the guitar and drive the Winnebago. Super. I'm Ripley Ty, and I play the drums. All right. Now, you two hail from Aberdeen, Washington. And didn't some other famous kind of band come from there? It's on the tip of my tongue. Just a second. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. Uh, The Melvins. (laughs) Oh, yeah. God bless them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And there was another band, too, right? And who was that? (laughs) Good damn question. Billy Bob would know. 
Yeah. I was going to ask him about Angelina. I was wanting to know how she tastes. I shouldn't have hung up. Maybe I can get him hold, get hold of him later. But there was another band there, and you, yeah, do the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nirvana. Yeah, Nirvana. So uh, the town, the town of Aberdeen. Um, how big an impact did that band? How big a footprint did they leave? Huge, huge footprint. I mean, it took them a while to realize the footprint that Nirvana actually made and actually accept it. But mm-hmm. now that they have, you know, they're starting to embrace it. All right, super. Uh, well, as husband and wife, and I should—I uh, guess I should state that if you know <laughs> listeners aren't aware—I'm you guys are, are married. Um, you know, being a husband and wife in a rock and roll band. I mean, gosh, I mean, it's hard enough to be in a regular marriage. How difficult is it, you know, to once you're off stage to return, you know, to your roles uh, as spouses, just normal husband and wife? I mean, how does that work? Any, I don't there, think we ever leave those roles. You know, we don't have day don't. jobs. This is what we do for a living. We play music, and so this is we kind of live it all the time. And it's awesome because when we get done with the show, I know I'm getting laid. <laughs> there you go. Um, but like, like. Who cleans the toilet and who does? I mean, is there, is there any sort of okay? Good job. I'm glad for your fine husband. All right, super. Um, so, uh, Joe, who had the strongest musical influence on you? I'm just curious. Me? Yes. Other than Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future, Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Ripley. Um, <laughs> probably Nirvana and the Melvins and that sort of grunge sound that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. You definitely you can see that uh, that some. A particular drummer may have had some influence on you, yeah. I mean, you kill it on the drums. I'm Thank you say so that. much. That's right. All right, what's the name of the next song you're going to do? Cocaine and Coffee. Cocaine and Coffee. All right, let's do it. <laughs> when I wake up in the morning and the sun's shining down on me, I look to my dresser, what do I see? My baby made me coffee. And she cut a line out for me Cocaine and coffee Make me so happy Cocaine and coffee It's got a hold of me Cocaine and coffee Lord, let it be Cocaine and coffee Save a line for me Cocaine and coffee Make me so happy run down I look from a mirror and want to be found I pull it out on my cell phone I cut it with my bank card I rolled up a 20 now I'm full of recharge cocaine and coffee it's got a hold of me cocaine and coffee Lord let it be For me, cocaine and coffee make me so happy. If you're ever wearing a frown, brew you up some coffee and chug it all down. Cocaine and coffee 
make me so happy. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. This is Colin Quinn. You're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. Hey, uh, Spud, your last guest, Bill Ingvall, is good to go on the phone. Yeah, it's been a while since he's been on the show. He's a really nice guy. Well, you know, you are very much a city person, so if you want, I could jump in and make Bill feel a little bit more comfortable. You know, I've seen the Blue Collar Comedy Tour many times. You know, I I shop at Cabela's occasionally. Come on, yo. Uh, We've already touched on this previously. You're no more country than I am. I mean, you don't hunt and fish. You golf and you subscribe to, like, Better Homes and Gardens. I've seen it at your house. Yeah, actually, that's my wife's magazine. She she subscribes to that. I, I get guns and ammo myself. Uh, well, well, I mean, I did right. until the subscription expired last year. Now, listen. It smells really good. Bill Engvall is a very sophisticated man. He lives in L.A., not in some cabin in the Appalachian Mountains. Please put him on. Okay, okay. Here he is. All right. Welcome back to the show. Comedian and actor Bill Engvall. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Glad I'll talk to you. Uh, not much. So you have a new movie out this week, The Neighbor, available on Video On Demand and on Stars Digital Demand. Uh, yeah, y- you play a creepy guy uh, in the neighborhood. Did you, did you do a lot of research into the behavior of a creepy neighbor? Is every neighborhood in that world has at least one of those dudes? Yeah, this was, uh, Spud, this was so much fun for me. Uh, it's a, I, I'll tell all my fans up there in the, the area that it's a... Uh, it's not funny. Uh, don't look for to be. Don't look for any redeeming qualities in me. Don't look for any jokes. Uh, and I had so much fun shooting this movie because it was such a departure from what people think of me. Right, right. So, where do you think the line that separates an annoying neighbor from a borderline psychotic one starts? Or you know, displaying automatic weapons while mowing the lawn, or maybe giving away uncooked chicken gizzards on Halloween? There's got to be something that really defines somebody as yeah, actually being I psychotic. Think if you kidnap your neighbor's wife that probably crosses the line yeah absolutely all right okay that's a little teaser there okay <laughs> now it was you know this was uh this is one of the the thing i love about this movie is it's not a slasher movie it's it's a it's more of a, like a thriller and i just remember thinking to myself the whole time we were shooting i go this could really happen i mean you know this we were out in the stick shooting this and you know you, know, you get back in the woods you don't know what goes down oh Right, uh, Spud. Yes. Well, I would agree with what Bill just said. Have I ever told you about what happened to me in the woods? No. It was after I just graduated at BYU. My buddies and I went camping up in the mountains, and we you ran... want to interrupt my interview to tell an old camping story? Are you serious? Well, I just thought it was germane to Bill's experience shooting his new movie out in the woods, it, Spud. It can get really scary at night out there. You, you can hear all sorts of animals, and you don't know which ones could maybe eat you. Well, well, first of all, Bill was on a movie set. The gaffers or the assistant to the director are not going to just sit there and watch some animal eat him alive. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I guess I was in much more danger than Bill was. Okay, you win the danger game. Thank you. Now, just let me get back to him, please. All right, well, let me ask you this. Uh, what's up with the Blue Collar Comedy Tour? You know, this show ha- you know, has a trifecta going right now with having you, Larry the Cable Guy, and, of course, Jeff Foxworthy on. We haven't given up on getting Ron White on to complete the set. Yeah, well, well you know, we had so much fun on that tour, and 
you know, everybody always asks if we're getting back together, and I, I never say never. Uh, but, you know, right now everybody's kind of doing their own thing, but it wouldn't surprise me in a couple years if you don't see us get back together. Oh, all right. Very cool. Um, well, you know, let me ask you this. When you guys did work together, did you have to do, or did you do much political humor? Because I was wondering, if, did you have to do different material for, like, different demographics, like an MSNBC audience maybe wouldn't laugh as hard as stuff that cracks up a Fox News viewer? Did you just do the same stuff everywhere, or did, everywhere, or did you modify it? Um, no, you know, that was the beauty of uh, what we did was that nobody really had to do any political. We, we didn't change up the material for the city or whatever, because, you know, I have a theory that we all do the same stuff. It's just with different accents, you know. So uh, and one of the reasons I don't ever I don't do political stuff at my shows, is because you, you automatically alienate 50 percent of your audience. And, uh, and there's just I got plenty of other stuff to talk about than that. All right, super. Well, you know, you've put out some very successful comedy albums on Warner Brothers Records over the years, 11 to be exact. That has to be a record, right, for a comedian? Um, I don't know if it's a record or not, but I'm real proud of what I put out. I have 10 albums out, uh, and uh, I have a new special that will be released this fall. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but it's, uh, it's you know, you put out the specials just to keep your name out there and, and keep relevant. Uh and uh, hopefully with stuff like The Neighbor, uh, that'll help along that along those lines, too. Really? You Bring know, in a whole new audience. Right. You know, I was thinking Cosby might be close to you with the stats, but I'm sure they took his stats away like they did for Bonds, McGuire, and so yeah. the rest. <laughs> anyway. I'm sure I hate to see his career in in this way, but, you know. I know, I know, I know. If you're going to dance, you're going to have to pay the band. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, we've been discussing on the show societal pressure to grow up and act our age. You know, some of us do not buy into that and will do so only when they toss that last shovel full of dirt on us. Do you find being a comedian has allowed you to remain, you know, kind of young at heart? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, I've, I I don't buy, you know, listen, there's a point at which you have to act like an adult. There's points in life when you have to, to put on the adult hat. But most of the time, I've got on the kid hat, and I think that's what keeps me young and keeps me... Uh, still doing these fun things uh, and, and comedy really helps me do that I've always said that comedy is I always tell the audience I go you guys keep me from spending $75 an hour on a psychiatrist couch you know because I can just get up and talk about whatever I want and we can laugh and have a good time but yeah I don't I don't want to grow old being that grouchy old get off my yard guy remember that guy yeah I, th- I think I'm in training for that right now myself but yeah um, <laughs> well you know before we wrap this thing you know, last time I asked you uh, when you were on uh, about your most memorable moment on the Blue Collar Comedy Tour, but I was going to ask you this time on the acting, because you are an actor. You got a most memorable moment, uh, you know, going before the cameras as an actor? Yeah, uh, and it, 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 it came from the neighbor. Uh, it, it's funny that you asked that, because uh, we had just finished shooting this really heavy scene uh, where I realized that one of my sons has been killed. And uh, it was a real, uh, like, crying, you know, screaming breaking stuff and one of the crew guys came up to me afterwards and said man he said that was off the charts he said you were great and that made me feel really well because you know they knew me as the blue collar comedy guy and now they know me as an actor and that was a real nice moment absolutely all right okay well i know you got to go you got stuff to do so i want to remind everyone that you do have that new movie out the neighbor uh it's going to be out on video on demand and it stars digital demand you can be found on twitter at bill engvall so hey i really want to thank you so much for checking back in with us thanks bud always good talking to you partner all right you take it easy man we know a little place in the american far west where charlie briggs chops up the finest prairie fed beef and tastes this is a lot of shit, you know that. The Spud Goodman Show. Some people like it. 
So, uh, Spud, I and everyone now listening can pick up that this is a very sensitive subject for you. You know, people well, people that care for you are only trying to help you by saying it's time to start acting your age before you become even more uh, more of a desperate figure. None of us can stop Father Time. Tonight, a Kelly File exclusive. Hey, can I ask how come time is always a dude? The father thing, I mean, that seems to fit in real well with the other stuff from your church. I mean, you know, oh. keep the women procreating until you, you have to start using name tags to remember what to call them at the dinner table. I mean, let's not bring the religious teachings of my church into this discussion. Good call, yo. That would not be appropriate. There you go again with that appropriate word. I mean, who's to say what's appropriate? Well, it's very ma- subjective. Maybe we could find some middle ground for you and I to work on from here. You know, like, okay, take your wardrobe, for instance. I get it that maybe a suit and tie is not something you feel comfortable with. But, you know, maybe you could start with another type of jeans, for example. A pair designed for somebody your age. I don't understand. You know, the ones you wear are worn out and they have an occasional rip or hole. My wife, Rachel, would have given those to the Salvation Army, as our church's clothing bank wouldn't even take them. You want me to wear a pair of those mom jeans I saw on you at the show picnic last month? Yeah, I don't think so. But they offer a great deal of flexibility in the waist area. Do I need to remind you that your favorite president of all time, Barack Obama, often wears them, you know, when he's in the Oval Office and on his own time? Shut up. You know, yeah, that's the one thing I really can't forgive him for. I mean, how can such a cool dude put on a pair of those? I would rather wear one of Hillary Clinton's pantsuits, because jeans are not supposed to be, you know, like stretchy at the waist. Well, no way. Okay, what about your recreational activities? You still play basketball at your age, and from what I hear, it's often against high school kids. Now, that's a recipe for disaster. Besides you know, thoroughly embarrassing yourself in a public setting where someone could snap a picture or shoot some video of you passed out from heat exhaustion. I don't know what the hell's going on with my body. I think that maybe I might try to be taking a pregnancy test. If it's not that, then it's menopause, definitely. You know, your body at this point in your life is shutting down, so it's just not wise. Hey, I, I'm not in a hospice yet. I mean, someday for sure, you know, because it's a great program and I, I plan to use them, but uh, for, the t- for the time being, you know, if I kick the bucket at the Y playing three-on-three, three, there are way worse ways to go. Well, maybe you should consider the ramifications of your lifestyle choices on the others involved with the show. If you die on the basketball court, what are the rest of us supposed to do? Well, I'm thinking maybe after two weeks of reruns and, and a name change, this train's just going to keep on rolling. And of course, not with you as the host, as, as I do have a last will and testament, and it clearly states Gina has first crack at my position. That's incredible. Well, don't get excited. I doubt that that's a, a will like that's going to stand up in court as to deciding the order of succession you don't know that. for who gets your job. I mean, God forbid you should perish at any time soon, but that's a topic better left for a staff meeting, don't you think? That's the first wise thing that maybe has come out of your mouth. Anyway, all right, so... uh, You know, because a lot of people eat tuna, it's like a lot of people eat chicken, so it's like the chicken of the sea. They're saying we're out of time, so I guess i gotta got to wrap this thing up. So, I am Spud Goodman. That's correct. Be all you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Once again, here are Juliet Tango.
Bud Goodman Show is produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Mike Renville. Executive producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Production assistants Brian Martin, Trent Patello, and Amanda Tompkins. Video director TJ Pikes. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. The show's Greek chorus is the folk singers in hell. On-air talent Rob McGee, Annie Coleman, David Deere, Derek Schneider, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2016 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.
Is this uh, Mr. Tommy Chung? Who's calling? Uh, this is Spud Goodman. You remember me? Who? Spud Goodman. Who? Uh, I kind of have a radio show. Uh, Spud's not here. Sorry. Uh, this is Spud Goodman. Who's calling? Spud Goodman. Who? Spud Goodman. It's Spud, S-P-U-D. Spud's not here.